Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor, KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's a reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We are going to do something about it. So let's dig in. I'm really excited about this topic because in burnout, in my recovery, and shortly after the big collapse, I took five loads of household goods and toys to the donation center because I just felt like I couldn't breathe anymore, that everything was in my way and it was just causing so much chaos in our household. So I just wanted to get rid of it. Like you can't think and you can't make decisions because you're in this survivorship mode. So just get rid of it. And some of the items we didn't need, but some of them I have found when we hit the holidays or the winter season, I really wish I didn't get, get rid of those things. (laughs) So I'm excited to dive in and kind of talk about what, why did you have the passion to do, um, you know, professional organizing? I've always been organized, you know, a very organized person. And, um, just over the last few years, I was getting tired with my corporate job and I was just really struggling to find the purpose in my career. And I really, I, I didn't know which way to go. So I actually took a 90 day transformation, um, course with a, a coach and that steered me into my, my purpose, which is organizing and helping people just transform their space into something that's more desirable and, and more calming and soothing for them. Yeah. So can you explain, cause you deal with all different age groups. Um, you deal from elderly people with, you know, that they have no one helping them and they, they are trying to declutter uh, before they Mm -hmm. pass away. And then you deal with, you know, single moms and just chaotic families. So can you kind of address how we give energy away to clutter and disorganization? Well, and a lot of times we don't even realize that that is, that's happening, you know, that it's sucking the energy out of us. So it, it just makes it more difficult to relax, you know, both physically and mentally. You come home and it, you know, it signals your brain that your work is never done. It's kind of like that never ending to do list. And it can make you very anxious, you know, because you're never sure what it's going to take to get through to the bottom of the pile, you know, and things just keep building up. It can even isolate you at times because, you know, you're embarrassed. You don't want people coming over to see that mess or what you perceive as a mess, you know, it may not be that terrible. And, you know, it can even sometimes it'll encourage bad spending habits. Because if you can't find what you're looking for, you're going to go out and either buy duplicate items, or, you know, now with the Amazon, boom, we can order it so quickly. And it's, you know, it's there before we know it. So just buying extra things that you may already have, but you just can't find because it's stuffed in the back of a pantry or jammed in a closet. You know, you may already have five shirts that are black in color, but you go out and buy a new one because you can't find the one you want. And yeah, just overall chaos and and conflict in your life. Yeah. And that decision fatigue, like I said, you already have this foggy brain and you can't make decisions. So sometimes you know you can just sit in front of your closet with these like piles of clothes and you just don't know what to wear and you know what you're going to wear, right? We all wear the same <laughs> over and over again. Same with like when you leave the gloves, the hats, the, all the kids stuff. And you're just, it's just chaos. That's a great example. Yeah. It's a never ending to-do list of chaos. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we do, we, we're kind of, we're creatures of habit. So we grab the same things repeatedly, but yet we want more. <laughs> yeah. So part of burnout um, and one of the like phases of burnout is being over controlling in our actions and what we're doing. And you mentioned something uh, on a previous call that there's people to support us in our household if we can set it up right. And that is a great example because I um, felt like I had to do everything. And when you already have that never ending to-do list and chaos, and now you're the only one where knows, you know, where everything is, it's almost like we set ourselves up for failure. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, that you think about who's going to be using the space too, you know, because you want to set it up. So if you've got smaller children, you want them to be able to, to take care and and help themselves. Maybe they want a snack so that they can go pick something, you know, you don't necessarily need to have them coming to you every single time that they want a snack. You know, obviously there's, there's a certain age and maturity involved there too, but you want to consider who's using the space and, you know, make it at their height. And especially if you have people that are shorter or you have people that are tall, you know, you want to adjust the especially like in a foyer or even like a mudroom, you want to be cognizant of who's using the space and just make sure that things are either out of reach for certain individuals and not others. And, you know, just pay attention to those things. Let's take a um, working parent example, because that's the majority of um, the burnout community. There's all different kinds of burnout and um, ages and stories. No one's story is the same, but let's just take working parents because it seems like other people are in play at this point. So wherever you put it last is probably not where it's been, or it's just <laughs> so many hand, too many hands in the pot not helping. So let's take that. Let's take the foyer. Let's just take a small space where we go in and out of the household. And usually where, at least in my experience, the stress just like flies from zero to 65 because you're in a rush. It's time crunch. People aren't listening. Um, there's so many stress cycles running by then. What could what's a few tips you can give for people in the foyer, um, especially working parents? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a good thing to have an area for like your keys, because then when you come in or out, you can hang them in the same spot, you know, making sure that things are in the same spot is helpful because again, you're running around in the morning or whatever time of day and there's just chaos and it's just one less thing for you to worry about. Um, also having like bins or some sort of basket in that area, for each individual in the house is really helpful too. So it's kind of like a little dumping station, so to speak, but they can contain their mess. And so that way, whenever they're looking for something, they can go back to that. Um, also like with backpacks or, you know, because everybody's using them now, even busy professionals, because everybody's got a computer, or, you know, and you're lugging things back and forth. So having an, again, another place to either hang those or like a, some sort of closet, um, area in that space is very helpful to contain our messes and make it look presentable. Yeah. I love the containing individually because we have benches, um, like most Mm -hmm. people do. And so when kids are requesting a different kind of gloves, because they don't like the color of gloves that they have on, um, (laughs) you go through this giant bench looking for two pairs of gloves and there's no type of gloves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then when you find them, they're not the right one. So that dumpy ground per individual, it's almost like their individual space and ownership, I guess. Well, and it just, it helps them too. They, they want to help 
you know, contain that mess a little more. If they're involved in picking out the container or, you know, maybe they have a favorite color or a favorite pattern, it just helps everybody to, you know, be responsible for their own stuff too. Yeah. And um, it's interesting that you say the snack cover because I always was somewhat against that because red kids don't control themselves sometimes. But when Mm -hmm. you limit the snacks that you want them to eat, they actually don't binge on them and you don't care if they go in that drawer. So like you said, like limit the requests that are coming in and the demands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just one less thing for you to worry about, you know? Yeah. So on the flip side of that, um, I know you do a lot of services with people that do caregiving or take care of elderly parents. What kind of services do you offer that? Cause I've also found in the burnout community, besides working parents and people that have a lot of work stress, there's people that just take on a whole nother role of being a caregiver for someone else on top of whatever's going on already in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big, in, there's been a big influx of people that are trying to keep mom and dad or the relatives at home as long as possible. But, you know, once it gets to that point where they're no longer able to take care of them, I can come in and help declutter that space, you know, and then get them ready to transition into that next phase of homeownership. You know, if it's a 55 and older community, just a smaller apartment, smaller home, whatever it is, I can help with the decluttering and I can help them pack things up to get ready for the moving company to come in and then take it from point A to point B. And then once they get into their new facility, their new home, I can help them unpack and then get settled in and organized in that new space. So it just helps take some of that emotional stress out of it and knowing that these things are going to be taken care of. And again, if, you know, their caregivers are busy working or have family obligations, you know, sometimes they don't have the time to, to help with these kinds of things. So it just compounds on top of that. Yeah. And really, if we got anything out of that hoarders series on TLC Mm -hmm. is the emotional factors of people and their stuff is way more than um, just the exhaustion of cleaning up a house or, or decluttering. Right. So, um, a third party organizer is a huge help. I've, I've, I've heard of many people doing that when their parents get elderly, because they're seeing almost their, their kids almost are like kicking them out or shoving them into mm-hmm. a home. And so it takes away all that emotion and says, okay, what do you really want to take with you? And it's a third party mm-hmm. perspective. So they're not, they're not family. They're not trying to steal from you. Right. Right. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's about the size of the space too. You know, if you're going from this large home that you've been in for many, many years, and then you're going into a smaller apartment, you can't take all of that stuff with you. You just don't have the, the space to accommodate all the belongings that you've collected over the years. So just having somebody help make that decision with you is, is helpful. Yeah. And most of us are not equipped for those conversations. We just want to get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. And- and get home and do our own thing. So as, as cruel as that is, it's, it's very true. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen the effects in all different family members where it is addressed and things get really bad um, mm-hmm. because they approach it the wrong way and they're rushing them or they ignore it completely. So now they're in a four bedroom home as an elderly person and they should have never been in that big of a space. There's all these danger points and then they have all that stuff. So um, right. there's a lot of safety risk with having that many items around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I've had some relatives that, um, they, they were a collector of sorts <laughs> and they, they didn't like to get rid of anything. So there was a lot of surprises, you know, when we'd go to their home, it was like, wow, 
your garage is filled with cardboard boxes. Okay. You know, you, do you want to, we do live in Wisconsin. Wouldn't it be nice to park your car in there, you know, but they just, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't get rid of that stuff. <laughs> so and experienced can, it firsthand. <laughs> and if, if you're in burnout and taking care of someone being the caregiver, your attention span for this is short. Um, you're mm-hmm. going to say things you're going to regret later. We've all done it in burnout. And then you have to live with that. And this is where I think that these support systems that are in place around the community and, and professional organizers and some of these services is when we need to stop and say, I'm at my limit and I know I'm not mm-hmm. going to do this very well. So here is Tori, right? I'm going to contact right. Tori and start right. shopping out these services that are going to cause you so much havoc and pain to everyone involved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's really key is, you know, just identifying the symptoms of burnout of a caregiver, you know, a lot of times they'll start to withdraw from family and friends. They'll have loss of interest in activities that they used to like doing, you know, maybe they like to play cards or they like to go shopping and now they're, yeah, they can take it or leave it. Or they're just feeling irritable and helpless. You know, they don't, they don't know what to do. They don't know which way to turn. And even oftentimes you'll notice that they just don't enjoy um, eating like they used to, maybe they used to be a foodie or, or what have you, and they're not cooking as much anymore. So there's just a lot of things to identify and watch for with a caregiver too. You know, it's not necessarily just the individual that they're caring for that has, um, you know, some sort of problems or what have you, but the caregivers too experience a lot of emotional change and, and physical changes going through this journey. So yeah. just being aware of that. And they're going through it for the first time, usually, unless they had another parent or relative go through it. And you're only going to go through it once or twice, right? So having someone like an organizer who's done this and has worked with elderly people already, it kind of, if I, if if this would happen to me, there's no doubt that I'd get a professional organizer. They know what they're doing. I don't have to learn Mm -hmm. another new thing. And I don't have to introduce conflict deliberately into my life. So. I've had to learn the hard way, right? I had my big crash, but I know that there's some services that are so worth it to bring peace of mind and know that people are taking care of both in your household and um, when you're caregiving. Great. Well, what, so what, what um, specific services can you offer the burnout community? How can they connect with you? Well, for anybody that isn't local to me, we offer virtual organizing sessions. So we can help you tackle your organizing projects while you're stuck at home. You know, and, and let's face it, today we've we've been in our homes quite a bit more than we have in the past. So that's just one of those things that we're noticing a lot more because we're we're seeing it day in and day out. There's like no escape from it like we had in the past. Um, and with virtual organizing, you know, it's a process that, that we We'll get you organized through remote remote work sessions, you know, led by me via Zoom or, you know, a phone or even email. And we'll work one-on-one with you to support you as you, and we'll offer our expertise and help you tackle the project and achieve your, your organizing goals. So, you know, the, the individual that this is a good fit for is if you want to learn organizing techniques from a professional organizer, you know, but you cannot have us come to your home for whatever reason, or maybe you're a born organizer or a DIYer, you know, but you're overwhelmed about tackling the project and you're not sure to where to start. Or maybe you need a little direction in choosing the best organizing products. 
we've used all sorts of different things in different projects. It just depends on the budget. And we can help you narrow that down and give you recommendations. And then maybe you don't have a local um, or, or you don't have an organizer in your area. And that's where this virtual organizing is very helpful as well. The interesting thing that I think people take for granted is we look at this stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. to have a third party come in and say, hey, why don't you use this space up and down versus left and right where it's all cluttered and piled? And you're like, wow, that wall's always been there. But I just I couldn't see that. <laughs> or like you said, the organizing things such as boxes and and shelving and drawers. We just have lived in it so long. We we're clouded. We can't mm-hmm. see yeah. yeah. And just having another, like you said, another set of eyes to, to see it in a different light and, and ask you those questions, you know, how is it working right now? Or what isn't working about it? And how do you want to use that space? How, how do you want it to function? And so I can bring in that different perspective to, to help you reach those goals. You cannot recover from burnout with prescriptions, procedures, or surgery. Come join a holistic community that specializes in burnout to begin your recovery. Each month for only $10, get a specialist lecture, worksheets, and action planning delivered right to your email. Take it from a burnout survivor when I say your recovery begins with just one action step. Burnout is a confusing and lonely journey. I want you to know you're not alone. I hope to see you here again for more recovery tips and education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your family and friends. If no one shared the word burnout with me, I don't know where I would be today.